You may be seated. It's interesting when I have a difficult time writing a sermon, it's like it's not coming out. Oftentimes, something like what happened yesterday and last night occur. And it's because I believe maybe the Holy Spirit's preparing me to go in a different direction with my message. Over the past 24 hours, come Lord Jesus has been the prayer of countless believers um, throughout our country. We heard about the shooting in El Paso, and some of you may not have heard, but there was another shooting in Dayton, Ohio last night. Over 30 people killed in the past 24 hours within our nation. Once again, we witness sinful man in his ugliest and in his most warped form take human life. But this is nothing new. There is nothing new about this. Man has been murdering man since Cain murdered his brother Abel so long ago. We also know from the scripture that all of creation is groaning. All of creation is groaning for the day when Jesus' kingdom of glory comes and completely swallows this graveyard planet and this decaying universe. We long for the return of Jesus Christ. We long for the resurrection of all flesh. We long for the new heaven and the new earth which scripture promises to us. My friends, this is your inheritance in Jesus Christ in the midst of tragedy and pain and difficulty in life. Today I'd like for us to turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we will look at the passage today also, which is our gospel lesson from the gospel of Mark. But first I'd just like to look at these Verses from Romans chapter 8 today because I believe that they will lead us into understanding what the kingdom of God is and why we should pray more earnestly, thy kingdom come. Romans chapter 8 beginning with the 18th verse. Here St. Paul writes, for I consider... That the, presence, that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So Paul understands that there is suffering in this day and age. But the suffering that we face in this day and age is nothing, is nothing compared to the kingdom of glory which is coming or even the kingdom that we've received now through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 19, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, 
grown inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption as sons. Your adoption as sons and daughters. The redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You have the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us in our weaknesses. Do you know that? You have the Holy Spirit. You who believe in Jesus Christ have the Holy Spirit. And he has promised to help you in your weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever been at that point in your life where you cannot pray with intelligent words? All you can do is groan or weep. I believe that's the situation for many in our country today, especially in El Paso and in Toledo. Those tears, that groaning, that wailing of grief, those are prayers that God hears. The Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So it is his will, it is his good purpose for you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That you would be a reflection of Jesus in this world and even in suffering. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And we are the firstborn. We are the firstfruits. We are those that share in the resurrection of Jesus. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. That is, forgiven, your sins washed away, given the gift of of Christ's righteousness as a free gift. It's yours. You have been made righteous, not because of your good works, but because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And those whom he justified, forgave, and made right with him, he also glorified. So then here's the big question, what then shall we say to these things? Considering this world and this life that we live today, this is what we say. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that was raised. Who is at the right hand of God and who who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger sword. Paul was writing today, or gun. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. 
We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for that. Today Jesus weeps. He weeps with those who weep in El Paso and Dayton. And Jesus longs to step out of glory, to permanently rescue us from this present evil age. But today we remain in a broken world. But in this broken world we have good news. Good news. Good news of a different kingdom. Of a different kingdom ruled by a savior. A savior who suffered unjust death upon a cross for us and for our salvation. So we have a Savior who is able to identify with the pain and the difficulty that we face in life. This is not a Savior that is, that is removed and separated from the sufferings of this present world. Jesus is a Savior who entered into this world and experienced the same pain and the same grief that we experience in our lives. So he knows. He knows and he understands. But he didn't simply come to live and to suffer and to die. The grave did not have the final say over Jesus. Jesus overcame death. He was raised. And this is the great hope that we have in the midst of suffering and pain and tragedy. Because we are promised that he gives us his resurrection victory. He gives us his resurrection victory in our baptism. We have died with Christ and we have been raised with Christ to newness of life. So you are a resurrection child of God. This is where the spirit to overcome comes from. It doesn't come from within us. It comes from outside of us. It's something that's given to us by God. As we walk through pain and tragedy and suffering and sorrow. This is the good news that has come to us. And this is the good news that can rescue, that can rescue a confused and bleeding generation. Have you noticed it? This generation is confused, and this generation is bleeding. Bleeding spiritually, and literally bleeding physically. The good news is the only thing that can rescue this generation. To place them in the arms of a loving Savior who will take them, and heal them, and bind their wounds. Did you know that even those with violent urges can be healed by Jesus? Jesus can take a violent sinner, save him, cause him to serve as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus can take a violent man and make him a preacher of the gospel to the Gentiles. 
the one that goes and tells the world that they can have peace with God. And Jesus took a violent man. Jesus saved him. And Jesus used him to pen most of your New Testament. It's the Apostle Paul. Today we pray, thy kingdom come. Today we pray, come Lord Jesus and rescue sinners, sinners like us. And ultimately your kingdom come and rescue us from this present evil age. Come Lord Jesus. And then we go to our gospel lesson today. Sometimes it can seem as if the work of God is slow and frustrating. Mark chapter 4, we can put it on the screen. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. Why isn't the church moving forward more rapidly? Why aren't we seeing greater results more quickly? Why does it sometimes seem as if the church, his kingdom here on earth, is going backwards rather than forwards? Jesus gives us a parable which gives us an answer and it helps us through our frustrations, all of our frustrations in life. Mark chapter 4 verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises at night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, the, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts, this to in, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Have you ever planted a garden? Have you ever tried to plant things out in the yard? It can be a frustrating thing. It takes patience. This spring, my daughter Rebecca and I went out and we decided we would plant flowers. And I remember we went out and we put the seeds in the ground. And the next morning, Rebecca got up and she looked out the window and she says, I want to go look at the flowers. <laughs> Growing things, especially from seed, takes patience. It takes time. But it's interesting. When the seeds finally sprouted and grew and produced flowers, we realized that we did nothing. Rebecca nor I did nothing to make the seeds grow and produce beautiful flowers. All we did is plant them, water them. My wife continues to keep watering them. I spread fertilizer. We pulled the weeds out to protect the plants, but the seeds germinated and the plants grew automatically. And today we have a harvest of colorful flowers growing in our front yard. We plant, we water, but in God's time and in God's way, he gives the increase. Do we want to see a change in our neighborhood? Do we want to see a change in our nation? I believe we do. There's only one way for us to do the work to which we are called, and that is to simply plant 
into water. And he is the one who gives the increase. So the kingdom grows by itself. He has invited us, yes, he has invited us to join him in his kingdom work, but ultimately it happens all on its own. And this is why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom increase. What does it mean when we pray, thy kingdom come? Martin Luther in his small catechism wrote this, the kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. Did you know that, that if, we, if we fail to pray as a congregation for the expansion of his kingdom here, if we fail to, to pray, and if we fail to do anything to reach people with the gospel, God is still going to get the work done. He's still going to get the work done. But we will miss out on participating in that harvest. So it comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition, here's the key, that it would come to us also. We don't want to miss out on his kingdom being established in our lives and within our congregation. We don't want to miss out on what God has for us. Wouldn't it be sad to miss out on God's kingdom? I remember as a kid being just a little too late. You ever been just a little too late? Isn't that frustrating? I remember summers as a kid were so much fun. But I also remember there's a, 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 an amazing thing that happened every day in the summer. The ice cream man would drive past. In my neighborhood, not just once, but twice, you could hear the music playing. And I knew that he was coming. He would come first, late morning, early afternoon. Then he would come again in the evening, sometime after dinner. And I remember that I would find 50 cents in the morning. First thing I did when I woke up was I would go find 50 cents. And I'd put the 50 cents on the counter. And when I heard the ice cream man coming from blocks away, I would grab that 50 cents off the counter and then I would go and stand in the street and there it was kind of interesting. It became like a community event within the neighborhood because all the other kids would gather. We all had our 50 cents. If we couldn't find 50 cents, if we had only a quarter, we could get a popsicle. But I always looked for 50 cents because with 50 cents I could buy a Reese's ice cream bar, which is my favorite. Kids, believe it or not, for 50 cents you could buy ice cream. Well, one day I forgot to scrounge up the 50 cents. I heard the ice cream man coming down the street. I rapidly ran to the couch, tore the cushions off the couch, dug into the couch, and I found 50 cents. But by the time I found the 50 cents on the couch and ran outside, the ice cream man had already passed by our house. I remember running after the ice cream man as fast as my bare feet would take me. And after a couple of blocks, I gave up because he didn't see me running after him. So I finally gave up and went back home without my morning dose of ice cream. That day I learned 
The ice cream man certainly comes by himself without my prayer, but I pray that he may come to me also. In the same way that we pray, the kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. But we pray that it may come to us also. That we would enjoy all of the benefits of his kingdom in our life, in our community, and in our nation through the proclamation of the gospel. Luther then asked this question in the small catechism. How does God's kingdom come to us? Well, I hope we know the answer of how his kingdom comes to us. But his kingdom comes to us when our heavenly father gives of us his Holy Spirit. When he gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his word. So the Holy Spirit comes to us, he gives us his word, and then he creates faith for us to believe the promise of his word. So when we believe his word, the kingdom is established in our hearts. We're saved, rescued from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son, of his dearly beloved son, whom he loves. So that's what we pray for. Lord, give us your Holy Spirit so that we can hear your word, read your word, and believe it. And then that his word, then that his word, according to Luther, would then lead us to godly lives. That we would live, not only believe it, but live according to it, here in time and there in eternity. To enter the kingdom of God is to have the Holy Spirit by grace alone, bringing us to believe his word. And then to have his kingdom come to us in such a way that we desire to live in obedience to him. So the kingdom is to believe and to obey as citizens brought in to the kingdom by grace alone. So God's kingdom, it's his rule, it's his reign, it's his reign over the entire universe. It is his rule over the church. And it is his rule over heaven. Glory. So his kingdom of power over the entire universe. He created this universe. He sustains this universe. It is his rule over the church. His rule over the kingdom of grace. And it is rule over the kingdom of glory, that is, of heaven, of the angels, and of the believers who have preceded us in death into that kingdom of glory. So that's what the kingdom is. It's his rule and his reign. So we pray that it would come to us, that he would rule and reign in us and in our lives, that we would believe his word and obey his word. So what do we pray for in this petition? Well, we pray for the Holy Spirit. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Fill us. And dwell us. Empower us. We pray for unbelievers. Pray for your friends that don't know Jesus. Pray for them. Because we want them to enter into the kingdom of grace also. 
and ultimately to enter into the kingdom of glory and to recognize that he rules over the universe as the king uh, and the kingdom of power. So we pray for unbelievers. We pray for those who don't know Jesus. And then we also are praying for faithfulness in, in missions and evangelism. We want to be faithful in our missionary call because it is through our missionary call as missionaries and as evangelists that, that his word would go to many people. So we pray for an increase in missions and evangelism because God wants us to extend his kingdom of grace. And then we pray for Jesus' return. Revelation 22.20 says, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And I believe that that has been the prayer of many believers over the past 24 hours. As we witness sinful man in his ugliest form taking human life, we know there's nothing new there. Since humanity fell, this has been happening. We know that the creation, all of creation, is, is groaning for the day of Jesus' return. And we also know that Jesus is the one who conquers. He is the one who conquers. Did you know there's coming a day when Jesus will return? In this world, this world that is so infected with evil will be swallowed up. That there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And that you will enter into that kingdom of glory for all of eternity. This is the joy, this is the hope of us today in this world. And that also gives us great motivation to go because we don't want anybody to miss out on this. So today we weep and Jesus weeps. The hatred in El Paso and, and Dayton has caused us to groan inwardly, longing for our permanent rescue from this present evil age. Today we remain in a broken world, but we have good news. The good news of a different kingdom, of a permanent kingdom. Good news that can take a confused generation a bleeding generation and bring it into the kingdom which knows no death or pain or sorrow, which strengthens for today in our present sufferings. Church, let us pray. Let us pray, thy kingdom come. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we do pray that your kingdom would come. I ask that your kingdom would come into into my heart and, and into the hearts of the people here at Maple Park Church. And I pray that your kingdom would come to this neighborhood and to this city and to this county and to this whole region. And ultimately that your kingdom would go to the far-flungs, far-flung fields of this, of this world, to those who have never heard the message of Jesus Christ. We pray thy kingdom come, because it is only in your kingdom that we can be given the assurance that this present evil age does not have the final say. So give this to us, we pray. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen.